Skateboarding is hard. <gasps> Why am I telling you guys that? Because I don't want you to quit before you even get started. It's wicked frustrating and you have to be ready to fall and get back up. From Vermont Center for Emerging Technologies, it's Start Here, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. Today, we sit down with Vermont legend Hannah Wood, founder of the beloved skate park, Talent. Welcome. This is Sam Roach Gerber and Dave Bradbury recording from the Consolidated Communications Technology Hub in downtown Burlington, Vermont. Hi, Hannah. Hi. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Yay. I, I When I told Dave that we had booked a podcast with you, he nearly fainted out of I joy. I thought she was messing with me. You know, like, <laughs> like oh, psych. <laughs> he was like, shut up. And I was like, yeah, she's coming. Ding, here I am. And here she is. So awesome. Hannah, how did you get into skateboarding? Yeah, skateboarding. Um, <laughs> you heard I, of it? I, those skateboarding boys when I was in high school were like <laughs> the coolest things I had ever met, seen, the way they dressed, the way they carried themselves. I loved them. Um, and the only way to get to know them was to skateboard. So that was kind of my crew in high school. Later in high school, probably around junior years when I met the skateboard crew, and I hosted the first and maybe the only skateboard competition at Colchester High School, 1989. Oh nice. my God. Yes. First of all, love the honesty with that answer. There it is. Um, so, did you wait till you got like good at skateboarding before you like. <laughs> No, 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 no. It was more, um, you know, everyone loves the filmer. Everyone loves the person taking pictures. I don't think we were filming them, but maybe some some still photos that you would have to wait to get developed and then Send throw away, most right. of them away because they didn't come out. Um, and just watching them and having a blast, it was just my crew. They were awesome. I love that. It was awesome for me, but the you know they got a lot of slack from the older classmen and, and oh yeah, letting in yeah, the, letting whole, in the lady yeah. Well, the jocks, you know, they didn't respect the skateboarding, so it was kind of a weird mix um, going through high school. Yeah, you I think that it. is that sort of tension still there, or or more just accepted? That's what you're into. I think skateboarding goes up and down. Where sometimes they're like skater boys, yeah, and then other times it's like. Ugh, skateboarders, hooligans, hooligans, punks. Yeah. I do, in my heart of hearts, believe that Talent Skate Park, um, over the past twenty years, really diminished that negative um, outlook on skateboarding. There will always be the anarchy with skateboarding and and all that, and that's that's part of the culture for sure. But to get started is much easier now than it was. One hundred percent agree. Uh, our two boys um, lived a lot on Saturdays uh, up at the the facility, and it changed them. And my impression of everybody there was supportive. It was old, young, beginners, experts, just just having a ball, and it was nothing but positive. And awesome. that was that was a surprise because. Um, right. I'm a recovering skateboarder myself. A recovering. <laughs> I st- still have my original skateboard. Do you? 21-inch Sims wood kicks, got the kryptonite wheels. Oh, dang. It's like really, it's on a exalted place in my garage, and I, I've, I've forbidden my kids from taking it. I love so, it. Yeah. I'm, I didn't know you had street cred here, Dave. I'm totally. It, I saved, oh, gosh, I forget what year it was, but, man, it was like 41 bucks to buy. And I worked my ass off bailing hay and, and doing odd jobs and stuff just to be able to go down and buy that. 
Where did you buy it? Do you remember? I was in Acton, Mass. I oh, grew up okay. In Littleton, Mass. Yeah. Great. So it was well, there was like one skate shop, right. in like the whole territory. <laughs> right. So not many options, but yeah. Awesome. I love that story. That's fantastic. But you should let them roll it around. Oh, like, well, <laughs> they do. They're boys. They totally. Okay. They totally. I mean. And I, I just do want to add that despite I'm talking about all the skater boys, that is slowly, actually quite quickly now changing to skater girls. The numbers Hell are yeah. insane. Really? Right yeah. Ugh. Like two summers ago when I reopened, I had a camp with more girls than boys. And awesome. that that was history just for me. A tear slowly rolls down my cheek with Yay. that. That's okay, awesome. I got to bring it back here, Sam, to questions. <laughs> sure. Um, did you always want to be a business owner? Or did you just like accidentally end up in this? Like, hmm. You know, it's interesting because um, when I was my first job other than babysitting, a kid on my street made these little buttons and I had ordered one that said, I love dolphins. And he had cut out, um, you know, a dolphin picture and then he'd made the button. So I asked him if I could be a salesperson for him, sell the buttons, get what people wanted for designs, deliver them if you would pay me. Wow. So for 10 cents, if they were a dollar a button, I would get 10 cents of that um, money. And I went around and sold buttons to everybody. I would buy dirt from you, right? Right. Sam? I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. For real. For real. I kind of want a button now. <laughs> it, I, I still have my buttons. Do you? Yes, I do. It's so silly, but um, it wasn't a hard sale and it was fun because I'm not really, I don't really enjoy selling anything except for helmets, is which I could sell all day and night and sneakers because to get the right pair is like heaven. Um, but I don't ever like to, you know, I would never be a good insurance salesperson. Yeah, but to you know, kind of see this this successful business model yes. he had, and kind of like insert yourself in there. That's, that's this is back when a dime could even make a phone call from the local <laughs> candy store. Each button, you're like, that's a phone call. <laughs> yes. Another phone call. Yes, and I tuck it right in my kangaroo pocket of my sneaker, and away I would go. Amazing! But, yeah. I have such a good image in my head right now. Awesome. They were blue. <laughs> Don't you want to go get the Colchester yeah, yearbook? From, I do, hundred uh, <laughs> percent. Look at her page, right? So, Hannah, tell us about talent. It it sounds I've I am embarrassed to admit I've never been, and I'm not a skateboarder, but I have heard from people from all walks of life about how, what a magical place this is, and I'm like, like you know, I'm it's not into skate skateboarding, park. so I'm like, exactly, it's a skate park. Like, what's so magical about it? I know it must be mm-hmm. like kind of hard to put into words because I know it's your you know pride and joy, but yeah. what makes it so special? Um. That is such a great question, and I do think um, it would be the skateboard community. It is starting much younger. When the business plan was written, which started with like three pages, we can get to that later, um, it was really written for the 18 and older crew, Mm -hmm. 16 and older crew. Um, And then when you are an entrepreneur or a small business owner, a lot of them go out of business because they have to stick to what they originally did you know, birthed in their brain. And um, we didn't do that. We followed where the where the money sent us and um, created a path for ourselves. And that meant going down to age five as a startup for um, skateboarding. That's and crazy. so we did. And it was unbelievable and actually really, really fun. If we could keep the parents out of the park, which we always tried to do, the five-year-olds would have a blast, <laughs> boys and girls, mostly boys when we first opened. Yeah. Um, so you have to be able to um, twist a little bit and make things happen so that you can 
um, stay afloat. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's magical because we did that. Yeah. And as you know, when we first opened, people were not that kind. They were very skeptical about being there. I had managed hmm. a skateboard snowboard shop in Burlington. I was the general manager there for three years, but I worked there through high school as well. It was called the B side. I um, still I still reference the B side to my kids. You know, it's in my brain is that's the place. And they're like, Dad, it's no, it's the dark side. And I'm like, No, it's the B side. Like, like, <laughs> the B side is like, a great name. Yeah, yeah right. Um, it was great. And we started on um, over by where the OP was on, was that South Winooski? Mm-hmm. And then we moved to 60 Main Street, and then we were at um, Cherry Street, Cherry 145. Street. Yeah. Um, and I loved it. It was great there, but it was missing something. Mm-hmm. There was a little back room there that we use for storage, you know, not much bigger than the room we're sitting in right now. Mm-hmm. And um, I cleaned it out and had a half pipe put in. And then you suddenly saw all these kids that did great during the summer but started to cave when the when the cold months came and they couldn't afford snowboarding or couldn't get rides to the mountain. They could skate year-round, and it definitely changed wow. everything about them. So is that, that back room, is that sort of the seed of the idea for talent? Um, yeah. It, I think, well, right before that, everyone kept saying, ah, we need an indoor skate park. Mm, we need an indoor skate park. Mm. I was like, I can do this. Um, so I started with that just to see. Um, I didn't own the B-side. I was just um, general manager there. And then um, Burton was getting a half-pipe build outside in um, at their facility there on Industrial. And I had this Tuesday night dinner club where every Tuesday night my posse of friends I would pick a restaurant in Burlington, we would all go out to dinner, and then we would go dancing um, for dance hall night at RJ's. And one Tuesday night, we happened to be at Halverson's on the back deck, and there was this new person. And so I went and sat next to him, of course, right? Hey, um, (laughs) how you doing? And he had the most electric blue eyes. And I was like, oh, what's your name? And he said, David. And I said, oh, what do you do? And he said, well, I'm here, um, Burton hired me to build the half pipe. And I was like, oh. like, I think I love you. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Um, and he was managing Eastern Border in Worcester, Vermont. And I was at the B-side in Burlington, Vermont. So we just had so much to talk about. Um, and at the time, he had just opened Custom Skate Park. So he was building parks around for different municipalities. Did I yep. say it right? Nailed it. Yes. Um, and so... Once I realized that I could do it, I needed a skate park. So I was like, hey. That's cool. Yeah. And how long did it take you to sort of pull the business plan together? And, mm-hmm. and did anybody help you with that? that or was did you just ridic- make it up? It and- was ridiculous, actually, because um, we were young. And when I get, mm, I'm going, and you're not going to stop me until I figure it out. But I, I didn't realize how much work went into the business plan, even though I had to do one for the University of Vermont. Um, We wrote our business plan. I thought we were done. We turned it in, and the bank pretty much called us laughing and said, hey, we need a traffic study. We need, you know, we needed to do what? Everything. So our business plan went from 10 pages to probably, I don't know, 200 pages. I had to call every skate park pretty much in the state indoors, get rates, get insurance, get everything. Um, and we had to find a spot to have it. Yeah. How long did it take you to find that spot? Um, 
We drove around for probably a full year looking at every warehouse, every every spot that we could think of, all the way to Stowe and back. Um, I really, after having managed the B-side and Burlington for so long, I really wanted to be out of the city mm. because I knew I was going to be having younger kids and I didn't want them to wander off somewhere. Right, right. Um, when we found that spot on Wilson Road, we drove by and I was like, this is it. Hannah, you can't let your emotions get it. But this is it. I could just, it felt so good. I was like, yes. Um, so we called the landlord and asked for to see inside. It had been Breakers Billiards. It was a pool hall. It had sat empty for four to five years, I think. Um, and I walked in and it was absolutely amazing. And the landlord looked at me and said, you're going to pay your rent with What? skateboarding, it's not going to happen. And I was like, it is going to happen. We can do it. And at the time, Higher Ground was in Winooski, and they were moving, and they had the spot we were looking at and the spot where they ended up. Those were their top two choices for locations. And I was like, okay, we're just going to wait it out and see what happens. And in the meantime, we had to wait for our um, small business loan to be approved because it was couple hundred thousand dollars yeah, um, signed off my life I was knew I was gonna end up living with my parents if we failed <laughs> um, and they were in Texas at the time no thank you oh my god um, so I wasn't gonna fail but um, that's good incentive right <laughs> totally good incentive uh, so we waited and once we got approved and I was able to show the landlord the money and higher ground chose that other location he was ready to talk it had sat empty for five years so yeah. wow. he was ready to flip it oh Yay. So it was like a lot of hard work, but also a little bit of serendipity in there. A hundred percent. Yeah. It was the best location in the world. I That was paradise for me. It was, um, I did my internship at, for college at Disney World. I saw the Duck University, Duckathon. What do you, what do you call yes, it? Yes, my doctorate. Doctorate. That's Please, what it is. get it right. It was I, my doctorate. I didn't mean to diminish your degree. Seriously, I worked. I worked so hard for that degree. Wait, I'm gonna wait. What is this? <laughs> do tell. I did my internship for the University of Vermont at Disney World in Florida, and I got my doctorate. Oh my god, this sounds like a pretty competitive thing here. It was the greatest summer of my entire life, summer of 93, working for Disney. And I went back and worked every spring break. And I, so I would cool. have stayed there, but I couldn't do the Live heat. in Florida? Yeah. So What's your me. favorite character? Goofy. Yeah. You? I like Pluto for some reason. I think yeah. I like the name. Yeah. Oh, nice. Do you got one? I'm a, I'm a Goofy fan, too. Yeah, I love Goofy. Yeah. <laughs> It's my, my vibe, thing. I think. Yeah, same here. All right. I, I didn't think we'd be going to the doctorate program. Well, I mean. It's important. It is me? Important. I think this is the first doctorate we've had on the podcast. Thank so. you so much. Well, I'm yeah. sure things you learn there. I mean, no one does it better than Disney for oh, customer service and, and accountability and, you know, just, wow. I loved everything about it. They it, are all about the guests. That's what period. I was going to say, the ded- dedication to your customer, which is. Guest. Guest. And I don't Sam. say I don't Sam say. did not get into the doctor. I know. Obviously, gosh. I applied seven times. No. I did have a I, I did have one <laughs> Whalen Park. You went to Whalen Park in New Hampshire, right? <laughs> I had one class with Goofy where he came in and they were teaching us how to do signatures so that 
you know, there's only one Goofy, but his signature right. has to look the same. Oh, so they'd standardize it in case you were suited up as Goofy. Yeah. Got it. Okay. But I, I, you have to be exact same height, same within, you know, a few pounds. Whoa. Yeah, it's very, it's unbelievable that they sent me a book on hairstyles and um, documented sideburns for that were approved to be at Disney. Um, How did you like operating those kind of rules? I loved you it. You loved it, yeah. Because it was all for the guests. It was part of that magic. I'm telling you, it was the greatest. It was the greatest. There were so many kids. You lived with all the college kids. Yeah, right. It must have been fun to come out of a small town in Vermont and just sort of see yeah, the world. And I'm and still in touch with everyone. Summer 93. Of course you we're are. Planning you our reunion. that for a second? No yes, way. We're planning our reunion get-together. It's awesome. But you live with all the people from Epcot that were from their country. So, cool. And it actually, it is written up in one of those magazines about... You know, one of those Do they take magazines? people in their 50s as interns? Because <laughs> I'm thinking, Sam, after a couple of years of COVID, it might be kind of fun to have an <laughs> experience It's like amazing. It. Totally. Oh, my God. That's yeah, crazy. I'm sure that helped, like, you know, um, in terms of being ready to start your own business. It definitely helped um, with that side of it. I also worked for Vermont Teddy Bear. Um, I was in charge of the tours there and hiring and training the staff. That background with Disney was oh my God. everything. Yeah. And it was it represented what the way that I I would run it if it were my own. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. The inspiration you had to open up talent, okay, when you started to to today, is it is it the same inspiration or has the 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 benefits changed to the people that come there? You know, for example, it might have been a a place to go in the wintertime, right, just to keep keep people engaged and happier, right? Is that still the same today as the primary benefit you see for, for the skaters that come, or has that changed over time? You know, when I talk about entrepreneurship and small business, no matter how much you think you know, there's always going to be bumps or um, things that come up that you're not prepared for. So things within the business plan, definitely. We wanted an indoor skateboard park. We wanted to make some money doing something that we loved and provide a service for the community here. Um, but then you get the kids that come from different centers, Howard Center, Spectrum Youth Services, the Boys and Girls Club, kids who come from the Chill Foundation. We worked, I started the skateboarding side of chill programming. Oh my God, I loved chill. Amazing. It's still still going. We're still hosting them. Yeah, it's incredible. And when that came up, it it was just so awesome to get these kids in here that never would have experienced skateboarding. Um, Now... I think my favorite part of talent, even from day one, were the camps and the clinics, because that brings in that kid that's just hungry for something. And skateboarding is the hardest sport on the planet. I don't think there's anything harder than skateboarding. It's, it is so hard. And that's how I start every one of my camps or clinics. Skateboarding is hard. Yeah. Why am I telling you guys that? Because I don't want you to quit before you even get started. It's really frustrating. It's yeah. wicked frustrating. And yeah. you have to be ready to fall yeah. and get back up. Um, so now my goal is to get kids that uh, we started a program called Gotwood, where <laughs> all my old skaters are bringing in all their old 
skateboard decks, trucks, wheels, bearings, hardware, bushings. We've started a pile of that. And then we find kids that come who don't have anything. Great, so they can put a board we, together. We put the and board together. That's really neat. We did that's such we a great did, idea. Yeah, we donated a bunch to Boys and Girls Club and to Spectrum Youth Services. And, you know, we had a kid who was down at the Burlington Park watching every day, and he needed his own board, so... You so was board. one of your people just like, Hannah, this kid needs a board, and you were mm-hmm. just like, hell yeah, mm-hmm. give him one? Yeah, we just had the um, South Burlington School. They've been bringing a crew of skaters, the skate club, to talent for 10 years now, and there was a girl in that group, and she had to borrow a board because she didn't have one, and after her first day, she came out like, oh, my God, I love this. That's so, so awesome. We you built know her a board so she would have her own board. And that's solvable, getting a board. It's that's- solvable. You know, sitting in a garage somewhere, right. maybe underused, or um, nice to know you can sort of pay it forward that way, right? It is Support awesome. somebody else. And what what's doesn't have enough pop for you has enough pop for a little buddy over here totally. who's on their first board. So oh, it's awesome. I, I have put on a few pounds since my teenage years, so <laughs> there's not much pop. You and me both. You don't need, you don't need a ton of pop there these days. Um, Hannah, one of the things you're also very well known for is your advocacy for folks with traumatic brain injuries. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about your story and how that sort of impacted your life and talent? Yeah. Um, we had just signed our lease at our new location and they handed us the keys. Your paradise. In my paradise. And I was, um, I am also a known multitasker. I have a really hard time sitting still. Like, this is really hard for me. Uh, no, You're doing great. Kidding. Thank you. Uh, we should have fidget spinners. <laughs> one of those things there. No, sorry. <laughs> it's true. Um, so as soon as I got those keys, I, um, hey, we're paying for it. Let's go. But he got us good because we were new and we were young and we didn't know how to negotiate. So We signed on, and the first thing we had to do was clean out everything that had been left behind. Oh, God. That was brilliant. From a bowling league or something? It was a a pool hall. Pool hall, right. It was billiards. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So when you walked in, the guy, he's, this is something I definitely learned at Disney, but when you walked in, it was a stage, and there was pool tables on both sides, and then he had shark tanks. And then he had taken out the floor in one part and put in a wooden dance floor. There was a full kitchen. In the back corner was a private room with one pool table, a hot tub, and a bar. (laughs) It was so nasty. Shut up. I'm serious. (laughs) Don't turn a black light on in that place. Right. Well, God (laughs) damn. We cleaned it. I don't know. We. uh, It was so gross. And there was this awful wallpaper there. Um, you know, it was dark green and then it had the border at the top that was like this red, just dark red with black swirls. One bathroom was ducks. The other bathroom was, um, golfers. And you could smell the smoke, you know, from people hiding in the bathroom smoking cigarettes. Anyways, um, I was going to take the wallpaper down because I was not going to open my beautiful dream with that ugly wallpaper. So, um, I stood on top of a ladder the first day with an iron in one hand, my iron that I used to wax my snowboard, and my scraper in the other hand, and I was scraping the um, trim off, and I was killing it. I mean, I was I was cruising. I was going to get so much done. David um, had gone to, where did he go? He went to Massachusetts to build 
a cement skate park that he had signed up for prior to us getting our lease. So he was gone, and I was going to get so much done. So he would be so impressed when I You're got like wait till he, he walks in here. Right. <laughs> Boom. And so the second day, same thing. I climbed up on that ladder, two feet above where it says, "Do Don't not step. stand here." Oh. But I could reach it on that ladder, so it was really the only way to get it down. And I don't remember much other than that until I woke up in the hospital, but I guess I fell to my head. Blood came gushing out my left ear. Thank God there was somebody else there with me, and he came running over. He had no idea what our address was. He was from Brattleboro. He was there helping he ran up to the tanning salon, uh, Body LeBron's in the front, and grabbed Randy, the owner there. And he came back and called 911. They had me in about nine minutes. Wow. So it was fast. Um, but I was medically induced into a coma for what was supposed to be two days, turned into three days, turned into five days, turned into, I think I was in the coma for a little over a week. Because swelling? Because my brain was swelling so hard. Um, and then they ended up putting a shunt in the back of my skull and draining it, and that really helped. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, and my parents had to fly in from Texas, oh, and God. my sisters were here, and I was gone, just gone. <sighs> yeah. So terrifying. It was awful. So my head injury, I fractured my skull, um, did some damage there, shattered my um, clavicle on the left side, which... I'll tell you in a minute, but that was the only thing I knew about, really. Um, and I was in the coma at, at UVM Medical Center, and then they moved me to um, Fannie Allen, where I had to... Relearn. They were teaching me all this stuff that I already knew, and I was so mad oh, because God. I was supposed to be at the skate park. Right, you just opened, signed your life over to get opened, a loan. And, yeah. and I had no voice because I had pulled all my tubes um, I was intubated and yanked the tubes, so I talked like this. And I was like, that my mom would come every day, and I would say, you can stay here. I'm leaving. And every night I would pack up all my, oh my stuff, God. and it would be right at the door waiting to go home. I called every taxi company. I knew every number, I'm sure, from being downtown <laughs> college yeah. days. Come get me. I would say, come get me. Where are you? I don't effing know, but pick me up. And so they took my phone away. That was it. And I remember um, I was so mad that I was going to escape. So I snuck down the hall, and no one saw me. And I can remember this clear as if it was yesterday. And I got onto the elevator, and I pushed the button, and I was going down, and I was going to be free. Oh, and no. then the elevator shut off, and it took me back up. Oh, no. And then they put a bracelet around my ankle, so when I left the hallway, it would make an alarm, and they had me sleep in a locked bed at night. Oh, and I would kick wrist. and kick and kick and kick and kick. You're a runner. Kick, yeah. kick. Hannah, you're going to break your foot. I don't care. Get me out of here. And then I, I, in my head, this part, I don't know if it's true or not, but they were hiding my medicine and everything I ate because I refused to take it. So I stopped eating. I would only drink insurers, chocolate insurers. They had them in the fridge. I was allowed to walk to the fridge, get my chocolate insurer, and go back to my room. Oh it was God. awful. It was, and I don't even know who that person was, yeah. but that's brain injury. Oh. You are just, and you're on so many medications. Right. But I thought I was there because of my stupid collarbone, and they and you're like, it's doing fine. anything. Yeah. Take care Amazing. of my collarbone. They're like, oh. how long until you were able to walk back into talent? 
Um, it was about probably about a month and a couple of weeks. Wow. And I went right back to work. I was going to say, I had a feeling you did. I did. Of course, yeah. Every day. I mean, we were n- new business owners, and we, I didn't want to move to Texas. So, so talk about helmets, mm-hmm. what your perspective mm-hmm. and view is on helmets, mm-hmm. and what you do about it, mm-hmm. and I think share part of that story. Yeah. Um, you know, I always wore my helmet at the B-sides, getting that little half pipe in there. Um we were going to have to have helmets required anyways for insurance. I mean, insurance was so expensive, but if you don't have people in pads or helmets, it even goes higher. And, hey, I wasn't going to be scooping somebody's skull off the ground. Um, so I had no problem enforcing it. Um, what I can see now, I mean, it took me about five years before I even knew I had a brain injury. Wow. Even though um, once I got out of the hospital, the first thing I did was go online and hit TBI. And then I was like, I'm going to die. My life is over. I'm never going to be the same. People aren't going to like me anymore. I mean, the, all the news out there was horrible. So that was Ugh. devastating. But I had no problem um, telling people to wear helmets when we got to the park. What would happen, though, was I would get mad. I would mm. get mad at you when you fought me about your seven-year-old not wearing a helmet at home. Why does he have to wear one here? Oh, my God. As she skateboards down the hill at home all the time, why does she have to wear a helmet here? And I, I would, it would be PTSD instantly. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Trigger response. It would trigger. It's yeah. still, it actually, I'm starting to feel it right now. Yeah. It still does trigger me when I get somebody who comes out. Take it on, Sam, please. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, t- I'm terrified. Right. I'm Come terrified. Here, you should be. I'm <laughs> Good. No, um, but that's... Powerful, and I think a lot of people need that level of seriousness. And you know, because if it hasn't happened to you or it doesn't happen to you, it's like you're you think you're safe, right? And right. and sometimes a little bit of perspective goes a long way in changing people's yeah, and minds. Yeah, and you know, with our boys too, right? It was always trying to get them, but they'd sneak out and do skateboard in the garage around without. But the fact that when they got to talent. Everybody was doing it. The cool kids, the dorky kids, the old, you know, old old folks, you know, adults. Mm, rippers. The, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, good, bad, and it just was. So it wasn't it an was. issue. There was no stigma to it. There was no nobody making fun of your old helmet or, or this or this. And they wanted stickers on them. And they want stickers. Right. And that was an easy solve. Totally. Yeah. You're like, we can do stickers. We can do stickers. <laughs> oh, my God. The best stickers at talent. Yeah. I, I we have a lot of them on our, our our beer fridge in the garage. <laughs> Not the kids' cool. beer fridge. No, mine. Okay. <laughs> Say our, our, I mean mine. <laughs> mine. 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 Right. Um, so how do you think, you know, obviously that has impacted every aspect of your life, but has that made you a better business person in some ways? Like being so, you know, I guess like having that passion for something like being safe when when you wear your helmet and, you know, having a second chance, right? Like, does that fuel it? Yeah. I think um, I've heard people say before that I run the strictest skate park in the United States. Um, There may be some truth to that. I don't know. I just, I, I don't want anyone getting hurt when they come to skate at Talent. Yeah. Um, and that means all camps, all clinics, all beginners are in full pads, elbow, knee, wrist. When we first opened, it was no wrist guards. We had so many broken wrists because that's yeah. what you put your hand out. Right. I mean, it's fixable and they're young and it's easy, but why even waste the time doing yeah, that? Right. Throw on some wrist guards. Totally. People have been pretty pretty um, 
open with it. Definitely the parents have gotten a lot better since oh, when I, I first started. Yeah. Um, the helmets will always be an issue. It will always be an issue for some reason. Um, I think a lot of it is because if you watch the skate videos, they're not wearing helmets. Yeah. And they don't want to film lines of talent with a helmet on because nobody wants to see that. I get it. As a survivor and a thriver, I do understand exactly where they're coming from because I grew up watching those videos with 411 back in the day too. Um, but definitely this is perspective, right? I, I am so lucky that I have super low blood pressure because if I had high blood pressure and I was laying on the ground at Talent and my heart was pounding out of my chest, I would have bled to death. I, ble yeah. I bleed very slowly. When I donate blood, it's super drip, drip, drip. Um, I'm lucky. I was given the second chance. I'll always be an advocate for helmets. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So Talent out on Wilson Road closed in 2018. August 5th. Yeah, August 5th, right. Um, just collectively a brutal day, brutal time for sure. Just Can you just bring us from sort of that moment up to where you're at now and at, at Burton and with the nonprofit? I think that's a really important arc to your, your journey. Thanks. I think so too. We closed August 5th um, pretty much because of Amazon. I mean, it got to the point where... We were a four business. We also had almost 13,000 square feet on Williston Road headed towards the box stores. It was not inexpensive to be there, and we were paying the rent with skateboard um, admission. We went out of business. Um, I went to bed, actually, August 5th in the deepest of depressions mm -hmm. because my paradise had been taken out from underneath me. We we We... Could have stayed on, but our rent was going to go up. Somebody else wanted our space. They gave us first dibs. We never paid rent late, not once in 17 years. Wow. Um, so he said, you guys get first dibs, but the rent's going up $2 a square foot. And I was going to go bankrupt. So we just threw the hat in. Um, I got a call from some parents asking me to attend a meeting. And I said, I have no money. I can't reopen, please. And they said, just come, just come. Okay. So I went and we met at the Burlington, um, outdoors at the Burlington Surf Club. Somebody was a member there. And I get there and there was like 10 families, just the parents were there. And they went around and they- Oh God, um, I'm getting a little emotional. Yeah, <laughs> it was, they each told their story and how um, talent had either changed their kid's life, saved their kid's life, um, boosted their self-confidence. It was, it was everything that I felt. And then they said, um, you need to reopen. And I just kind of sunk. And they said, and we're going to be your board of directors. You're going to be the executive director. You're going to be a nonprofit. We're going to do this together. And I was like, I'll give it a shot. Wow. Oh. So one of the moms was a lawyer, and she was like, my son did one week of skateboard camp with you, and it changed his life. One week. He had only been there one week. I'll do everything um, pro bono. That's awesome. And awesome. So we reopened as a nonprofit, thanks to them. So how long from August 5th, when, how long was it till you reopened? That was August 5th, 2018, and we reopened on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, 
January of 2020 with everything Amazing. pretty much done. And I remember that's how you and I first met is we did the Amazon event at Burton. You guys were there when I signed. Yeah, because yes. yeah, we were like, really, but- oh, well, because we were, um, we were like, okay, this is going to be great. We're going to, we want to charge for this event so that people come to it, right? To just like make sure we got ticket sales. And then we're like, well, what are we going to do with the proceeds? Ta-da! And Boom. we were like, uh, talent, duh, because it was right before you reopened. And that, and I just remember you got up and said a few words, and I was like, she? Ooh, mic drop time. Effing yeah. rocks. I was like, yeah. this is so cool. Mm-hmm. And I and I was just like blown away by you. And, and I, I, had, I didn't know anything about old talent, but I was like, well, thank, like, thank God this place is reopening after all the stories that I've heard and your passion for it. It's just so contagious. I can't, we, a, we'd partner up with Burton to, to sort of help people figure out how to do business on Amazon. And I didn't really know that that had really crushed you. Well, it was the, friend it, or foe, remember? Yeah, Amazon, friend or friend foe, or foe. Right? And you were like, oh, foe. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So perfect. Um, that's what I love about Burlington, though. You know what I mean? Like for, for people like you and others who are starting business, um, you're, you're undeniable. Right, and that's a quality we look for when we try to find teams to put money into or to make some some real uh, meaningful commitments of, of resources and help. And because you don't know, like you said, the business plan is never going to go the way you think. Right? It's right. it's fiction, and you hope you narrow the story a little bit and and can move forward. But really, really exciting. And so you're open today under COVID. You're able to operate. It's been crazy. to. Oh, I reopened for uh, that camp and I was able, able to teach February clinic. And then it was shut the doors for three months. And I sat there by myself, like looking at the <laughs> no. walls going, what in, what? Driving skateboards to people's houses because nobody wanted to come. Just Redid the whole website so we could have an online store, like my worst nightmare ever, retail. Um, and then everything kind of switched a little bit where retail became another nightmare of success because I'd be in really big trouble right now without the store. Um, but we did summer camp in 2020. We did summer camp in 2021, much smaller numbers. Um, 2020 summer camp was something, I mean, it was like, sci-fi we had stations set up outside and you couldn't walk past these cones because we had to keep you this many feet apart and you couldn't bring your backpack in and you had to put everything in a tupperware and then you had to sanitize your hands then you had to sign a certain waiver then you had to go in and you had to wash your hands then you had to sanitize again put on your mask and go to your spot it was absolutely absurd and you're like i know you're only here for five hours and three of them are spent um five? like <laughs> It, oh, no, they were there for like love eight hours. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, but at least half that time spent like sanitizing. and. <laughs> but you know what? We made it through summer camps. I did nine weeks of summer camps 2020 with zero issue. Yeah. It was incredible. And this year as well, 2021. But amazing. Yeah. It, it is amazing. And it's amazing that you're you're in the Burton facility, Correct. right? Yep. Which Craig's. Yeah, Even Craig's better. is great. Yeah, yeah, like I was just going to add that to that. Like... Um, such a, a sandbox of awesome. It is right. I agree. Really, 100%. really, really, really cool. So um, great. How's talent funded today through yeah. through sort of earned income, or is it still a lot of donation by community members? Um, you know, 
my summer camps used to have 35 kids in them and now I have 15. So everything's been cut a lot. Um, and like the Burton tours used to come through and we, we built it so there's windows so everyone walking by can see the whole park and then that shut down. Um, so like I just said, we do rely a lot more on the retail side of things, um, even as a nonprofit. But I am getting a ton of kids through the door, as many as I can. We did scholarship a bunch of kids through summer camp this summer and last summer and clinics. Anytime, you know, the schools call and they've got somebody that needs, needs, literally needs skateboarding, we've got them in there and set them up with full pads, helmet, Great. skateboarding Great. equipment. We get still have a couple big donors who've stayed with us, thank, thankfully. You know, we're getting towards the end of the year, so we'll start knocking on doors, asking for help. Um, rent is, you know, we're still paying rent, but it's not rent on Williston Road. We're in a back um, end of a warehouse on a, a button road. the train tracks. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. Not on the forefront on Williston Road. So that was huge savings from old talent. And how can our community support talent? What's the best way to, to help or get involved? Yeah, um, definitely sponsoring a skater for summer camp or clinics. Um, when I when we changed to the nonprofit, my whole entire focus, my whole being was about teaching and lessons. And, um, you know, I wanted to do more with Vermont Adaptive. All these mm. things you have to be able to really touch each other, especially when you have somebody um, that is compromised in some um, physical way. And we've not been touching. Mm. Um, we've been wearing gloves on us and the kids 2020, 2021, just on the um, scotch, skateboard coach, scotch. <laughs> um, so we're slowly getting there, but getting the campers in, getting more people in um, would be the best thing. Awesome. And they can go to the talent website to mm -hmm. do that? Mm -hmm. Okay. We still have our GoFundMe page up and running. And then I think there's another site where you can donate or you can mail in a check. All right. Anything. Call. All right. We'll take a credit I'm going to go buy some shoes. Yeah, please and do. Some sneakers. Yeah, yeah right? some goo. Just to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you shuffling down. Did you low. walk? You, you saw how I walked, <laughs> wasn't I? I did. It. I'm a hill jogger. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, right. Wow. <laughs> That's... Called out, Dave. Oh, fuck. When professionals come in, they I can know. pick you out. It's right? true. It's, I don't like that. <laughs> uh, do you know how? What direction I ride? Um, you probably ride goofy. Yes, I know right. you are. Damn, right. she's good. Damn, she's good. I don't like this. This like <laughs> like spidey sense or Boom. goofy sense that it's, she has. It's a little scary. Uh, That's my cool. new sense I got from my accident. <laughs> I've picked up new Clairvoyancy talents. and stuff? Or I what? can just uh, read people. I can feel whether you're a warm person or a cold person right <gasps> when I meet you, which well, is kind of okay. But A little, little aura read? Like you're, you're sort of like a mood ring then. Right? I am you a mood. That is like, oh, you know what? That is perfect way to describe me. I am a mood ring, but it's on what I'm being, what's Whoa. I'm receiving. I hope I'm sending. And you I are warm. You are warm. Right now, 100%. No, so that's no. such an aggro post. I know. Like, that's, why we don't do, like, that's, why we don't, that's why we don't do video. I'm over caffeinated. <laughs> so I'm like, this is like helping me sit still right now. Good girl. Good girl. Oh, and that's why you looked at me like you're really serious about giving me a coconut water. 
Yeah. I know. Uh, I could have blown it before we started. I, know. I may have blown it Yikes, anyway. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> um, we have to bring this to an end. Yep. Okay. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. But we ask oh. everybody one final question. Yeah. Okay. What is it? I'm so excited. Then, uh, yeah. <laughs> this be. is magic wand time. Okay. Well, you, Disney. We usually ask people to pretend they have superpowers, yeah. but clearly she does I yeah. do. already. Yeah. I already have superpowers. So as someone Probably. with superpowers, you now have the magic wand. Okay. A Disney wand. <laughs> if you could change one thing in Vermont, what would you change? Oh, in Vermont, in the state, nothing about my small business. If I could change one thing in the state of Vermont, what would I change? That is a fabulous question. I can't believe we slowed her down. You this, did. This you got awesome. me. This well, is because awesome. there's so many different things. I'm trying to think. I'm I trying just, to put them there's in no order. wrong answer. We've no, had, it's not that I think it's wrong. I'm someone trying to wanted a priority. traffic light on Spear priority. Street, so like, right? Oh, yeah, some traffic light. We've got diversity. We've had health care. We've mm. housing. housing. I mean, yeah. obviously, if I could do anything with COVID, that would be number one. Mm. But I, I will say, in Vermont alone, we've done a pretty decent job with that. If I could have every parent that is out riding a bike with their kids and their kids are helmet on and buckled and the parents are not, if those parents could stop and realize that the kid's not going to have the parent that they need if the parent falls off the bike and hits their head with no helmet on, that gives me PTSD. So if every parent or Mm. every older person who's biking with younger people or skateboarding with younger people could put on their helmet and buckle it, mm-hmm. that would make me very happy. Well, it's a magic wand, so you can just put a helmet on everyone in Vermont. <sighs> Done. Some people need them walking. <laughs> I'm, like, totally feeling guilty about an, an instance recently. <laughs> well, <so>. Dave. <clears throat> and it's been so awesome to have you here to see our space and to share your story because um, entrepreneurs run nonprofits too. Right. Yes. And entrepreneurs start from a different ambition and goal and place, and and it's really, uh, really special for us to hear you share today. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the resilience is incredible. Thank you. You're an inspiration. Thank you. I can't wait to buy sneakers. And your vibe is so great. You have the best vibe. Thank you. Wow, you guys, you make me feel like a million dollars. A million dollars. And she doesn't she doesn't have the coconut water yet. No. So this has been Start Here, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. The series is supported by the Vermont Technology Council and Consolidated Communications. Let's strap on our helmets and get out for a skate.